Welcome to Career Beats, 20-minute talks to navigate the new career development paradigm. Hosted by Carmen Gonzalez, coach and career advisor at Isade Careers. Hi, listeners. I'm Carmen Gonzalez, Associate Director of Isade Careers, coach and passionate about unlocking talent. I'm so pleased to be here with you today. hasn't felt uncomfortable when networking during a work-related cocktail or conference? For most of us, networking doesn't come easily, and it is normal to feel unsure of how to best interact with someone that we barely know or don't know at all. How to best introduce oneself? How to small talk naturally? These are some of the questions that we'll answer in today's episode, The Secret to Love Networking. And for this, we have the absolute pleasure of having Vishal Thacker. Vishal is a brand strategist, consultant, and speaker who helps brands, founders, and career changers to achieve their goals through the power of stories and connection. After nearly a decade in branding, he now works with business school graduates to help them gain self-awareness and make meaningful career decisions, something he decided to do when he was pursuing his MBA here at Esari. Networking is a significant part of his toolkit, and he has used this for his own career to develop his business, and now also helps MBAs to use the power of networking to build meaningful connections and fulfill their goals. Vishal, thank you for being with us today. Welcome to the show. Hey, good morning, Carmen. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being with us. So from his other careers, we talk about the importance of networking with our students all the time. So let me start with a critical question. For you, what makes networking so important? All right. Um, The thing that makes networking important to me is that fundamentally people are the gatekeepers of opportunities and the makers of decisions. That's Mm -hmm. fundamentally what it comes down to. Um, We have this tendency, whether it is as job seekers or especially I'm going to focus on job seekers in this context. Uh, We have this tendency to believe that an opportunity is presented forth by a company or it's uh, the problem that someone is experiencing is experienced by a company. But when you think about it like that, it's very ambiguous. Who is really facing this problem? Who really is dishing out this opportunity? It's hard to crystallize on someone who is truly owning that position, who's going to then take a decision about it. And we also have this tendency to believe that, you know, we have to send in our applications online and so on and so forth. But in the end of the day, the request of an opening, whether it's published or unpublished, comes from someone who has a requirement in their team to solve a problem or create some value. And that person's the one who's going to take the decision. So in the end of the day, it's all about people because they're the mm-hmm. gatekeepers, right? So in the end of the day, it's about knowing the people and what they're going through, what they're facing, what their needs are, and how we can fulfill that and where we can fit into their worldview. And that's really what networking comes down to for me. It's understanding their worldview and understanding how we can fit in. Understanding the others, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, amazing. (laughs) And what do you think is wrong with how people typically approach networking? And what could they do differently? Right. So a couple of things that I've seen, you know, time and time again, um, I would say from the students that I've worked with, and it's also a mistake that I was making in the past uh, before I perfected my own strategy. So I've I've identified three uh, key mistakes that I would say people are doing. The first one is that we have this tendency to approach 
uh, networking is a transactional experience. We approach it as a as a transaction. It's, an, it's kind of a trade, right? I give mm-hmm. you something, you give me something, you get me a referral. And as we enter this transactional, you know, as we enter networking from a transactional mindset, we also have a tendency to approach it from the point of view of taking, right? Because we're going, how am I going to get a better deal here in a way? At some subconscious level, that's the narrative that we are going into the networking conversation with. Rather than giving, right? Yeah, rather than giving on the first side, but also more importantly, we we should take a moment to step out of the transactional view of networking and into a relational view of networking because it's the relation that's going to lead to some value for both of us as opposed to if i think of if i think of okay how am i going to let's say if i meet someone and if i'm only thinking about what i'm going to get out of this conversation as opposed to how i can build a meaningful connection with this person then the likelihood that it's going to result in something beautiful in the long term is lesser but if i go in with the view of how do i build a meaningful relationship with this person and the likelihood that something beautiful will happen is, is is more, right? So so that's the first one. I think we have a tendency to approach it as a transactional, uh, in a transactional way, as opposed to a relational way. And uh, the second thing that I would um, that I would you know also identify as a problem that a lot of us approach networking, especially from a career changing and a job search point of view, is that we have a tendency not to look at the full person. We have a tendency to look at the person only in their role, right? Let's say, for example, if I'm interested in, I don't know, if I'm interested in getting into pathways in Amazon, yeah, which is obviously a popular candidate for a lot of MBAs. And yeah. if I find someone who's doing pathways in Amazon, I have a tendency to talk to them only as though there's nothing else in their life. They're just pathways in Amazon for me, you know? So for that one hour or 25 minute or 45 minute conversation that I'm with them, I'm reducing that person to someone who does pathways in Amazon, but they're a lot more than that, right? And so, and so in a way, we're not allowing the full person to show up. And so we're actually, um, yeah, we're actually just reducing them to that aspect and therefore we can't relate to them fully. So it's, all, it's also about curiosity, right? Mm. You know, having the curiosity yeah. to, to, to learn as much as possible about yeah. the other person. Yeah, I think there's a sense of uh, a deep interest in terms of uh, in terms of the other person and who they are and and why they've taken the decisions that they've taken, right? Because I think there's also two ways of approaching. Like, if we were to break this down a little bit more, when we approach this as this person uh, as that role, we have a tendency to ask questions and to drive the conversation only at the nature of the work and the nature of the job, uh, and so it never becomes it is it's not a rich conversation. Right, it's a it's a conversation that only serves that purpose, which is the third mistake, which I'll get to in a bit. Um, but instead, if we were to talk about the full person, we can actually understand their story and why they took the decisions they took. Um, how is their current decision? How do they see their current decision playing out in their future? Right? How do they see their future changing through what they're doing right now? And so what we can actually do by asking questions that are more holistic about the individual is that we can get much more valuable information on which to take a decision for ourselves, right? So if, let's say going back to the example of if I'm a student who's interested in pathways at Amazon, it's one thing to know how to get into the position and what the position entails and, you know, the nature of the work and how bad the hours are or what the culture is like. That's one side of the conversation. That's fine. But the other side of the conversation is a lot richer 
if I can understand truly what made the person choose this over something else, um, how, how do I see this person's career panning out as a result of this decision, right? Uh, what is it that they value? And so how did they feel that those values are fulfilled through this decision? So by answering those kind of questions, or for example, in the case of someone who's made a career transition, I can explore uh, what was it about, you know, how did they approach the specific transition aspect? Maybe they went from engineering to something else. How mm -hmm. did they approach that? Because that way, if I get more information about the person from a holistic standpoint, I can actually take more a clearer decision because I am obviously not just a role. I'm a full person who's trying to get into a role. So it, it sheds more light into my own process in a way. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's a great view. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I'm just, if, if I, I have a tendency to go into some wild tangents. So if I do, please uh, feel free to check me and keep me in line. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> come back. <laughs> so, because uh, I clearly love this topic, I can talk about it endlessly. Um, <laughs> I think that the third, the third thing I've noticed, so going back, the first one is that we approach it transactionally as opposed to relationally. The second one is that we have a tendency to not focus on the full person, but to focus on the person as a role. And the third one is that we're too focused on the outcome, right? Where we approach it again. I think this is a, also a different translation of both of these points of views. But in the end of the day, we're always thinking about this. The, in a way, we we are at some unconscious level, we are aware that we are starting the relationship with the specific goal of getting a referral or getting an offer or landing a project. We are not starting the relationship for the sake of building a relationship. We're starting the relationship for the sake of I need X, right? Mm -hmm. And so we have this outcome-based thinking when we approach these relationships, which fundamentally creates a process that's not interesting. And so no one actually enjoys the process of, of getting to know the person and of actually continuing to know the person. Because in the end of the day, it's, did I get X? If I did, okay, fine. And if I didn't, then the relationship seems kind of unnecessary. And that's kind of sad, actually, because you're talking about a person here. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and we really want to learn how to love networking. Right. So how can we enjoy the process instead of feeling that it is something that we have to do, like an obligation? Yeah, that's interesting. We segued right from the, yeah, we approach it from a result point of view as opposed to the process point of view. And so one of the things that I feel about enjoying the process, um, there's some very interesting thoughts that have come from Naval Ravikant. So Naval Ravikant is the founder of AngelList, and mm -hmm. he's an investor in Silicon Valley. And he, in Silicon Valley, he's considered, you know, he's considered one of the quote unquote conscious voices of Silicon Valley. And so in a way he has very interesting points of views on how to approach business. So there's a few things that he has said about networking, which I have tried to bring into my own practice. So I want to share that with you. And the first thing that he says is that in terms, in terms of enjoying the process as opposed to looking for the outcome, he has this idea where he says, be interested now and you will be interesting later. Mm -hmm. So be interested now, you will be interesting later. I think this is, I think this for me really sums it up because first of all, networking is about being interested and being interesting, mm -hmm. being interested in the sense of, oh, I'm curious, I'm asking a lot of questions and I'm getting valuable, insightful information from this person about this person. But being interesting is I have something to offer. I have a position or I have an interesting story to share, right? Or I have an interesting point of view to share as well. So I feel like the whole play is about being interested and being interesting. But when Naval Ravikant sums it up is you first be interested and then you will be interesting. Mm -hmm. I think that's very, that's very interesting. 
right? Yeah, absolutely. Because, because most of us, we approach, I mean, and generally, if we think about it in the business world, we've been taught to be talkers, right? So we have this tendency to think, oh, I have to be interesting. We have this pressure to be interesting. But actually, you can kind of just take that pressure off yourself and go, I'm just going to be interested and see what happens. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. And being interested is linked with being motivated. And motivation right. is contagious, right? Right. And, and that helps um, having the spark that is yeah. needed to be interesting. So, yeah, yeah that's uh, great yeah. advice. Yeah, for sure. I think having some deep curiosity about something which you can then use to clarify your own decision or your own thinking or your own career process, I think that's really what it's about, right? Because also we forget that actually, let's say if you're in a place, going back to the example of someone who wants to switch from, say, engineering to marketing or someone who wants to go into Amazon Pathways after their MBA, there's always someone who is going to uh, relate to where you are in your story because it's very likely that they've been there in your story, right? They've been there in their story, sorry. So they would also have been at a point where they were trying to make a similar change that you're trying to make. And so in a way, we have to have this deep sense of curiosity to shed some light on some aspect of our own thinking by having that curiosity about the other person's thinking, right? And so when we direct that curiosity towards them, we can actually unlock a lot of layers and we can make things very interesting for us and for them. Um, so yeah, that for me, that's actually the, the key. And I, I, li I like the way you put it when you said that motivation is contagious and curiosity, it kind of, it in a way, it, it shows motivation because you can say I'm very motivated, but actually when you ask a lot, it shows that you're very motivated. So yeah, that, that was an interesting thought. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for that. Pleasure. And uh, Vishal, how hmm. now that we live in a hybrid world, right. how to best network in this current hybrid world? Right. So this is interesting. Like, for me, when I've been on uh, on the side of the presenter in the hybrid setting, I feel a massive sense of disengagement with the room because I see a lot of people tend to have their cameras off or they're not they're not engaging a lot. And then later on, that obviously has a ripple effect on when you want to build the relationship and when you want to connect with the person who might have been in the hybrid setting who might be interesting for you to connect with, right? And so what I've seen is that actually anyone who has the willingness and the proactiveness to go, okay, I'm going to switch on my camera, I'm going to raise my hand, I'm going to unmute my mic, I'm going to ask a question, I'm going to make an interesting comment, I'm going to share something. Those are the people who instantly stick out, especially in a hybrid uh, hybrid setting, because the engagement is much harder to it's it's much harder to feel connected to someone in a hybrid setting than in an in-person setting, and so we have to take that extra initiative. We have to take that extra ownership to go. Okay, I'm going to make sure that I can at least get on this person's radar, not just for the sake of it, but because I genuinely have something of interest to say or something to ask. And as a, as a means of doing that, then create, you know, at least plant a seed in their mind saying, hey, you remember we met in this, this online event and I'd like to pick up the conversation with you. But fundamentally for me, whether it's a hybrid or an in-person setting, taking ownership of the conversation is so crucial because this is something I see a lot with even uh, with students who want to network with me, for example, where they, I, I've, I often get students going, hey, I'd like to talk to you about something. I come into the meeting, but they never drive the conversation towards, okay, so this is what I wanted to talk to you about. So in a way, if you are the networker, 
then it's it's your responsibility to go. I'm going to take the ownership of this conversation and move it in a direction that's useful for both of us and then move it towards wrapping it up as well, which I feel is something we don't do. But in a hybrid setting, it's that much more important because the engagement's lower. Yeah. yeah. One thing I would I would recommend to students is ask yourself how you feel in a hybrid setting when you're the one presenting. How do you want people in a hybrid setting to respond to you when you're on the presenter's side? That's the behavior that you want to do when you're networking in a hybrid setting. The, the behavior that you hope you receive is the behavior you want to give. Yeah, no, that's great advice yeah. to put, your, put yourself in the other yeah. person's shoes exactly. uh, all the time, right? Yeah, yeah, that's essentially it. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing, Michelle. Thank you so much. So sure. we have some questions from our students um, oh, okay. for you to answer in a very practical uh, way. So I'll start with the first one. How to best break the ice in an online networking situation? So we were talking about this hybrid world and specifically in, a, in an online situation, how, how to start? Do you have a, a practical recipe for this? Right. Um, I have first three questions that I ask anyone in any setting. One, how's your day going? Yeah. Uh, two, what are you working on right now? And three, what's... Uh, Oh, the third one, damn, the third one's not super clear, but these two, the first two, I always go with. Like, how's your day going right now? And what are you working on right now? And because the second question, especially, what are you working on right now? It helps people offload what's on their mind because what's front of the mind, they can let it out. And so that's a great way to build a connection. So if you're meeting someone one-on-one -on -one in an online setting, I would say starting the conversation with this is a... With these two questions. Yeah. Great. So second, questions from, uh, second mm. question from our students. How to best approach someone that you don't know at all through LinkedIn? Right. right. <laughs> cool. So in terms of cold calling and cold writing on LinkedIn, <laughs> I would say always customize the invite. And when you do customize the invite, don't go into a narrative of I am X, I am studying at Sade, I am doing this, I want to do this. No, you want to go with, hey, I noticed you are doing this and I'm interested in hearing about that because you're putting the focus on the other person. So customize the invite, make it about them and have a call to action. That's it. Mm -hmm. Amazing. And final question, how to evaluate the quality of my list of contacts? Ooh, you have to have a conversation. If you don't have a conversation with them, you'll never know. Yeah, because like, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a tricky thing. Like, evaluating the quality of your list of contacts is like saying, how do I, how do I measure a person? And so it's a, it's a hard thing to do. And so the, the best thing you can do is actually have a conversation with them and know what matters to you. What is it that you are trying to get out of the conversation? Um, and if you feel that you're getting that out of the conversation, you can say it's a high value contact. If, if you're not, then you say that it's, well, it's not. But for that, it's very subjective. You have to know what it is that you're trying to achieve through these conversations. And you need to have those conversations and see if that's being fulfilled. There's no other way to find out. You just have to do it. Perfect. That's amazing. So Actually, can I add one last thing to that absolutely. Last, last point? Sweet. Absolutely. In terms of in terms of knowing how to also value the contacts in your in your in your list essentially, is to define your prospecting strategy, which is basically who are the people that come into your list. If you have a clear prospecting strategy, then things will be a lot easier going forward. And generally, a good prospect, depending on your situation, is someone who, A, has a decision-making capacity, uh, B, has a problem that needs to be solved or a value that needs to be created, and C, has a budget. If, this, if you can identify that this person has these three 
you know qualities then that would be a high value prospect for you to for you to go into yeah but that's in terms of actual final stage decision making in terms of putting pen to paper but if you're looking about more early stage networking where it's finding out clarifying your decisions then that's a bit trickier yeah perfect that's a very practical advice thank you and vishal what would be your main piece of advice for our students to build a strong career related to networking or in general right i would say ask deeper questions question everything uh, especially advice you get from uh, alumni on a podcast. Uh, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously though, ask deeper questions and question everything because it's the root of uh, building better relationships and networking. But it's also the root of understanding your own motivations and your own drivers. Like, what are you really trying to do? You need to question yourself as well first. So yeah, question everything and ask deeper questions. For me, that's the that's that's where it all starts. Yeah, that's where the magic happens. Fantastic. So Vishal, I'm sure that our students will want to uh, know more about you. So where can they find you? They can find me on LinkedIn. So LinkedIn slash right at the end where you have your custom URL, put in be your own story. That's me. Uh, Drop me a line. Be happy to talk to you. Make sure you customize your invite. Otherwise, I'm not responding. (laughs) And, uh, And yeah, I think that would be the best place to contact me for now. And then after that, I'm happy to have a conversation and see where it goes. Perfect. Vishal, thank you so much for being with us today. All your insights about networking have been fantastic. I'm sure that our students will feel much more confident now when networking. We'll soon have our MBA career day and our spring recruitment fair, so I'm sure they will be able to apply all your practical tips. So thank you so much. Pleasure. Thanks for having me, Carmen. And the career beat goes on next month. In our next episode, we'll talk about another key topic for a successful career the importance of mentorship, and how it can be the best trampoline for our career. And for this, we'll have two special guests, Alex Gash, Senior Director at Garner, and Lotem Malone, Business Vertical Lead at Vervit. Alex and Lotem are both SADE alumni, and they created the first ever SADE mentorship program. So I'm very excited to discuss the power of mentorship with them. Looking forward to seeing you in our next episode of Career Beats. Keep your career beating. Tune in on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts for a monthly dose of career stories, advice, and trends.